I was preaching on Genesis 15 on God calling Abraham to bring a heifer, a ram, and a goat, and a few birds. And then that's, that's a time when God wants to enter into a covenant with Abraham. Because Abraham asked God, how does he know that God will give him all this land? Prior to that, God brought Abraham to look at the stars so that Abraham knows his children is as many as the stars. God told him that. And Abraham was about 99 years old. And Abraham believed God and was credited to him by God as righteousness. To be righteous before God is incredibly important. Pleases God and uh, gains standing before God. But more importantly, at that covenant ceremony as I was preaching, and I come back and thought about it. That is actually from Jeremiah 30, 33 or 34. When God of covenants, Yahweh, spoke to Jeremiah's prophet to the folks in Israel that if you break my covenant, you'll be torn into halves just like the animals be sacrificed. So that is the requirement of a covenantal commitment between God and Israel oh, at that time. Or any man. So when God asked Abraham to bring out a, 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 a heifer, ram, and goat, um, Abraham knew exactly what to do. Immediately he cut a heifer, which is a young calf, into two halves, a goat two halves, and a ram two halves, and lie them down there, lay them down there for the ceremony, for the, uh, for the ritualistic process of covenantal making and can, can you go through in your mind if you were Abraham you know getting a knife to chop to cut uh, to kill a ram first or to kill a heifer a young cow first and they cut into two halves how gross is that right and they cut another goat and cut in two halves and that's totally gross and amazing and then Abraham laid them down there for God, as God required from him. So as he lay down there, as God lay, as Abraham laid the animals on on the two on on the aisle, so to speak, and a uh, darkness came upon Abraham. God passed by those sacrifices in the in the blazing torch. The Bible says, and the rest of it you can listen to the sermon, but. What I'm shocked is that I'm trying to say that the consequence of breaking a covenant is being torn in two halves. I say that imagine you were Abraham going through that. How do you feel going through the process? Your hand be full of blood with a big knife and uh, everything will be like dripping. Dripping into this whole place is just very bloody and gross. And he was a ceremony. So a thought came to my mind. If anybody thought the thought of uh, hell is gross and uh, disgusting, disgraceful, unacceptable in the modern mind, the modern eyes, for a God of loving kindness, just not compatible. The concept of hell 
it just doesn't make does just doesn't make sense. Then I will ask you to look at the covenantal requirement that God established with Israel, and actually, Abraham went through the covenant with God. So to break the covenant, you have to be ripped apart to two halves. How's that compared to going to hell? If you think ripping apart into two halves is horrible, wait till you read about hell. I was about to say, wait till you visit hell. I hope none of us will have to revisit hell, but we do have a lot of hellish kind of disaster happening in the world. That's a different topic. But going to, you know, if you think ripping two halves is very gross, very cruel, unbecoming of God to demand us for that, then you begin to understand that is really nothing compared to the eternal burning anguish. In hell, that's why Jesus said, "It's better to lose an eye, or a hand, or or a leg, and go to heaven, rather than going to we keep the whole body and go to hell." No one has preached on hell as much as Jesus and his God. He's a son of God Himself, so there's no one can compare with it. And the emphasis, and Jesus talked about hell, talking about Abraham, Father Abraham up there, and the Lazarus with him, and the rich man burning, and nothing to quench his thirst. This is just some of the pictures of the reality of hell. You know, if that's why that reality is not, I'm saying that that reality is not sinking into our minds. Our Christian minds, on the non-believers' minds, enough, and that's why we're not taking salvation that seriously in terms of spreading the gospel seriously, because we don't see the severity, the reality, the images of hell as as it should be, and that's why it brings me to the topic which I want to write about. There's a woman who came to Jesus in the Gospels. She was begging Jesus to come and set her、uh, demon-possessed daughter free, and she came to Jesus while Jesus was reclining at the table having a meal or something. The mother came and cried to Jesus at and knelt down at the feet of Jesus, crying out to Jesus, "Lord, help me!" And then Jesus turned around and told him a stunning statement. Which seems to be so unbecoming of a gentleman, let alone savior of the world. And Jesus said, "It's not right to throw food to the dogs." It's like saying, "You and your kids are like dogs. I gotta kick the food to my children, which is nation of Israel at that time." And、uh, and、uh, obviously that woman. It's a Gentile woman, you know. I, I, I,、uh, well, I, I will write about that. But that actually provoked, stirred up some holy compassion, holy passion in that woman. And woman replied with a statement that should be won. That should have won the Nobel Peace,、uh, Nobel Prize of, of,、uh, of,、uh, of heart, authentic heart cry. That heart cry won the day. 
That woman say, "Yes, Lord. Even the dogs take the crumbs that fall off from the table." For that, Jesus turned around and said, "For that woman, your daughter is healed," and it was healed immediately. What is Jesus trying to do? Jesus is trying to draw out the hot passion. Do you really want it? Are you willing to cross the obstacle? Your faith has healed you. Listen, guys. There is nothing cheap in this world. Nothing free. Either you fight for it, or you don't get nothing. Even in spiritual walk, God has done so much. For, even for God Himself, if God did not fight for us, eventually, even to surrender His life and willingly died on the cross, He would not have saved us. He would not have won human. Humanity back to the, His kingdom, to His family, and call God the Father as Abba Father, because He fought, because He gave everything. Jesus gave everything, literally everything, including His hands, arms, a pierced through, including His last breath. On the cross, He said, "Father, forgive them," even to that extent. So we have to do the same thing. We have to cry out for our children. That's what I'm saying. If you think the woman crying for her daughter who's demon possessed, compare that and contrast it to your children who are not saved, who are not walking with God, who's who's not with Christ. And from the look of it, if that goes on. As is, and nothing changed. Your children will go to hell, and my children too. My children will go to hell if they don't turn to Christ, or if they have the wrong Christ, if they have the liberal theology, wrong Christ. You know, coming to Christ is not just just like accept Christ into my life, and nothing much changed. They got to be a living relationship with. Christ, there has to be a total understanding of of the death of Christ, of the redemption of Christ, of the substitutional love of Christ, and all this. So, what I'm trying to reach at the final point is really important: is that if the woman is willing to cry out to Jesus for her demon-possessed daughter, and to As a as a woman in the Palestine, in Israel at that time, they do not have a lot of high standing social class, and she went in at the risk of a social social lower class, and and she overcame that and gave the most beautiful speech ever. That move the heart of Jesus, that turn the heart of God, because of her demon possessed daughter. That's only demon possessed. I mean, serious as it sounds, but there's nothing compared to hell fire, which is eternity. Demon possessed is bad for a period of time and for deliverance, but but man. There ain't nothing compared to hell, fire for eternity. There's no turning back. One is in hell. My exhortation today is: if that woman would cry out for her demon-possessed daughter, and willing to risk, willing to suffer shame and 
in all this one more to say about us crying out for our daughters and sons and our children and loved ones from far beyond demon position and it's called eternal hellfire would you not respond to that god help us oh lord each one of us to have such passion and compassion stir our hearts like the woman give me the crumbs even the dogs take the crumbs thank you in jesus name